You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. In the, in the first service, I started sharing some things which I would like to recommend you listen to. Okay? Uh, but I'll just build on that right now with the time that is uh, available to us. And uh, I want you to really, really have faith in the blood of Jesus. You know, especially with how it is able to deal with your iniquities. Because sometimes we, if, if, if you don't know the word of God, you might not fully understand what Jesus has done. You will not fully understand the extent to which he has, he has paid the price so that you can be free. Okay? There are, and, and the enemy thrives on our ignorance. He enjoys it when God's people are ignorant. He enjoys it when God's people don't know their rights and their privileges. He enjoys it when God's people begin to live as slaves instead of living as kings. Now, if he has made you a king and a priest, you should not be living like a slave. You should not be living like someone who has no option. Do you get my point? Kings have options. Kings have options. Slaves don't. If you are going to be a slave to anybody, you you should be a slave to God and to no other person. You shouldn't be a slave to your desires. You should not be a slave to the world. You should not be a slave to sin. You should not be a slave to the enemy. The only person that you should be a slave to is righteousness, is God. Hallelujah. Amen. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna look at a few principles, okay? Um, and uh, we were looking at the life of David when a king, when a king goes wrong. What happens? What happens when a king does wrong? David committed. Um, he, 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 first of all, he started by committing adultery. First of all, no, he was lustful, right? Yeah. Then he committed adultery, correct? Yeah. Then he committed murder to cover his adultery. And all these things were building up. And David, in his repentance, makes mention of the word iniquity. He says, it, he says, um, that you uh, let's look at Psalm 51. Let's look at Psalm 51. Let's read from verse 1, Psalm 51. And uh, we'll start from there. Because one thing is that there are certain things, like I explained, there are certain things that are transferable from one generation to the other. And one of those things is iniquity. So not only when you were born in your flesh, I'm not talking about in your spirit, in your flesh, in your body, iniquity resides in the body. Okay? Not in your spirit. All right. So, um, uh, because your flesh is, 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 is not perfect, your spirit can be perfect. Your spirit actually comes from God. But your flesh came from your, although God created it, but it came from your parents. Am I correct? Yeah, it came from your parents. That's why you look like them. Yes? That's why you look like them. You have certain features 
Sometimes you're even walking and, and somebody looks at you and says, Wow, you walk just like your dad. Or you walk just like your mother. Huh? Sometimes even the way you smile, they say you smile like your father or you smile like your brother or you smile like this uncle. All those things, they, are, they were transferred to you. Okay, so it's not just those physical features, but there are things within, deep down in your, your flesh that, um, that you also inherit. And that's why if you don't apply, if you don't know how to exercise your faith, the enemy will take advantage of you. But let me, let's look at, uh, what did I say? Psalm 51, right? Let's go to Psalm 51. And so I made a distinction between sin, uh, transgression, trespass, and iniquity. All right? So iniquity is very interesting. Many people call iniquity sin, but no, iniquity is not sin. Sin is different. Sin is missing the mark. But iniquity, iniquity is what, actually, if you go and study the Hebrew word for iniquity, it actually uh, has a connotation of crookedness. Do you understand my point? It has a, a connotation of crookedness. So there is something inside that there is a kind of crookedness that is introduced into our lives. Huh? that is actually transferable. Hello? Yeah, so it is actually transferable. And I said that we, it, at first it can be a sin, but when you continue to practice it, it now transforms into iniquity. So when somebody keeps saying, well, you know, my my present sin, my past sin, my present sin, and my future sins have been dealt with, so I can keep on living like I want. What the enemy is doing, what he has done by introducing that gospel, is actually to build up iniquity in your life. It to build up iniquity in your life because it's the iniquity that gets visited by God. It's not necessarily just sin, because... Everybody misses the mark. Are you getting my point? Have you made a mistake before? How many people you've made a mistake before? Oh, you know, you, some of you look so good. You've never made a mistake. Oh, bless God. Come lay hands on some of us. Hmm? Okay, so, but when you now make it a lifestyle, that's where the problem comes in. God is not wicked. But he is just. Amen. Amen. He is loving and he is just. Amen. Are you getting my point? Amen. So what, what, what? So what David did? What David did was wicked before God, and God dealt harshly with David, but with mercy. Amen. Are you getting my point? Amen. With mercy. But if you go study the root of all of this, you find out that. It didn't begin with David. It actually began with Judah. 
Are you getting my point? It began with Judah, who was David's forefather. When he committed immorality. Huh? And that thing was locked up inside. So it started going. And that's why David makes the statement in uh, verse 5. Come on, look at verse 5. Psalm 51 verse 5. It says, Behold, I was brought forth in what? In iniquity. So the iniquity is in the mother's womb. How, are you getting me? So, uh, so it's in the mother's womb and it says, In sin my mother conceived me. So even the process of conception, it was already programmed into David to behave the way he did. Hello? Don't be scared. There's good news at the end of it. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's good news at the end of it. So what am I saying? What are we saying here? He says, look at the next verse. He says, behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. Okay? So some people outwardly, oh, I'm just telling the truth. But deep inside, there's some crookedness. Are you getting the point? In the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. And obviously, we know he's talking about the context here. He's talking about it within his mother's womb. Amen. While he was being formed, while he was being shaped, there were certain things that were being taken from previous generations that are being made part of his composition. Do you understand me? So, there are certain things that in the flesh, not in the spirit, in the flesh. Hello? Listen to me. Very well. I'm talking about in the flesh, not in the spirit. In the spirit is a different reality. In the new creation, there's a different reality. But in the flesh, if we deal with what is in the flesh, then it's more difficult for the enemy to come in through the flesh. Are you getting my point? You remember when he was, when he was on, in Gethsemane with the disciples. What did he say? Could you not pray with me one hour? And what did he say? The spirit indeed is willing, but what is weak? You see, the flesh. So he enters through the weakness of the flesh. And that's why I'm addressing what I'm addressing. Because the weakness in our flesh is where he will come in through. He will not come in through your spirit. He will not come in through the strength of your spirit. Why? Because he knows he has no chance. He has no chance. So what does he do? He looks for the trace of iniquity. He looks for the trace of iniquity. What, what, what kind of iniquity were you shaped in? In your mother's womb. Hello? Ha. So he looks for that, and that's what he latches onto to bring the temptation. Wow. 
everybody can be tempted with everything. Are you getting me? There are some things you bring to me. It's not a temptation. It's not a temptation. Why? It's not in me. It's never been. And it cannot be. But he knows. He studies you. So, one of the things in warfare is this. Never, never, never underestimate your enemy. That's a recipe for disaster. But the other thing is, never overestimate yourself. Okay? Because if you overestimate yourself, you will end up destroyed. How many people remember when Saddam Hussein, you know, when he wanted to go to war with America? He, I mean, he said, this is going to be the mother of all battles. I'll deal with America. Come on. Because he had a one million man army. And he says, they have no chance. I'm going to deal with them. The question is, how are you going? From where? How? But the guy was, he had it all figured out. What was happening? He overestimated himself. He thought of himself more highly than he ought to think. Are you getting me? And he thought of his enemy. He underestimated his enemy. So, guess what? Those guys decided to show him what he didn't know they had. He didn't know the weapons that they had. On CNN, I was watching. Okay, we're going to bomb the defense headquarters today. And you're watching it. It's like... And they announce it before they go. And he can't do anything. He can't stop it. What is that? Superiority of power. Do you get my point? So when we say we're going to deal with the enemy, there is superiority. We have it. But we must not not underestimate his ability to go into our roots. Do you get my point? To go into our roots to find what he can use. As an entry point. So that's what we're going to block this week. We're going to deal with those things. Hallelujah. So where the enemy used to defeat you, it's over. It's too too late. He cannot get you anymore. Do you know that there are some sicknesses that come through iniquity? Yeah. It's from one generation to the other. That's why when you stand before the doctor, they say, oh, um, tell me your family. Has anybody in your family had this before? Why, why are they asking such questions? Because it is transferable in the flesh. In the body. It is transferable. So you are going to purge whatever it is. Whatever it is you have received that is not supposed to be part of your You need to get rid of them. Amen? Or else... The enemy can have what to hold on to. To tell God. He says, no, this is mine. Because of this, 
because of that. And the good thing is that we have an, an advocate with the Father. Jesus the righteous. But you need to appropriate your faith to experience the power of the blood. If you don't apply your faith, if you don't appropriate your faith, it doesn't just happen. I remember years ago listening to Reinhard Bonke, the great evangelist of our time. I mean, this guy, he said he was having an interview with the, I think, the German media. They're saying, oh, this guy, this atheist says, he thought he got this man. He says, if the blood of Jesus is as powerful as you say it is, how come there's so much evil in the world? You claim that the blood of Jesus is powerful. How come? The blood is not able to stop all this evil. You know, he didn't get the script before the interview. <laughs> so, you need the Holy Spirit. Even if they give you a, a script, they will bring in something. So, for a moment, he just thought, he said, You... Imagine that you are born in a soap factory. Does that make you clean? If you don't apply the soap. The guy was lost. He's like, no. He says, same. If you don't apply the blood of Jesus, you can never be clean. It's there. It's available. But if you don't take it and wash your body, Amen. come on, if you don't take the soap Amen. and have a shower, Amen. your body is going to stink and it's not the fault of the soap manufacturer that your body is stinking. Amen. Come on. Yes. Whose fault is it? You don't want to get into the shower. That is your problem. It's not that the, the soap is not working. And that's what happens a lot of times. People don't apply the word of God. They don't apply faith in the word. They don't appropriate the promises of God. And it seems as if God failed. God never fails. He will never, never fail. The blood of Jesus never loses its power. It never loses its power. Amen. Forever and ever. Amen. From the blood of Adam Amen. to the last person that will be on the earth. Amen. The blood of Jesus is powerful enough yes, to Lord. sort out every man's yes, issues. Lord. But it requires faith. Amen. It requires faith. But I just want you to know that the enemy, part of the enemy's strategies is to study the iniquitous pattern in your life. He looks for it, and that's where he tempts you from. That's where he tempts you from. And we're going to deal with that. Those patterns can be detached from your life. They can be wiped away by the blood of Jesus. Completely, completely, completely. Whatever you inherited from your forefathers, that 
is given the devil legal ground over your life can be sorted by the blood of Jesus. By the blood of Jesus. Because in, in case you don't know, your kingship is linked directly with the blood of Jesus. It's linked with the blood of Jesus. He washed us by his blood and then made us kings and priests. So why did he take time to wash us with his blood? Because he knows how messy we are. He knows how stinking our past is. He knows how stinking our root is. Are you getting my point? Glory to God. Look at what he says in verse 7. Back in the book of Psalms. He says, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that my bones, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Then he says, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit, a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me by your generous spirit. My Lord, This is David repenting, praying, crying to God. He fasted and prayed during this time. The Bible says he fasted and he was crying before God. I have done wickedly. I have sinned against you. Against you alone have I sinned. I've taken away an innocent life. I've abused my position as a king. I've used my position... To destroy life. The position that you gave me. Was to protect and to preserve. And to guide and to shepherd the people. But I have used my position. To exploit the people. And to destroy the people. I believe that many of God's leaders. Need to have the kind of heart. David has. Where we will not exploit. God's people. In any way. Amen? Amen. So. Um. Let's go to the book of uh, Hebrews. Okay, before Hebrews, let's look at uh, Revelation chapter 1. I quoted it, but let's read it. Revelation chapter 1. And we'll read verse 5. It says... And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, witness, huh? Yeah, sorry. From the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He has what? Washed us. From our sins in his own blood. And has made us, verse 6, kings and priests to his God and Father. To whom be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So, he has washed us from our sins in his blood. 
Okay? Before that, let's look at James. James chapter 1. Say, Lord, help him. Come on. Pray for me. Pray for me. Lord, help him. <laughs> Jesus is Lord. Glory to God. Hey, James, where are you? Come on. Open. Make yourself present. All right. Look at, look at, look at something. He says in the verse 13. Okay, let's read from verse 12. I like verse 12. Okay, verse 12. It says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Come on. So there is a crown that is for those who love God. Those who overcome temptation. Yes? Okay. Then it says, Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Hello? God is not a tempter. Who is the tempter? Satan. Yeah, because the word to tempt means to put under pressure to find the breaking point. God already knows your breaking point. He doesn't need to find out. Glory to God. Okay. So, it says, but each one, come on, look at verse 14. Very important verse. Each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own what? desires and enticed. So, notice that. Each one is tempted when he is drawn away. That means he's drawn from something. Away. Right? When he's, he's drawn away by what? His own desires. Question. What is in your flesh? Your flesh has desires. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Everyone has desires of the flesh. You read the book of Romans, you see that. Hmm? Especially Romans chapter 7. So, each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. And that's why I'm dealing with iniquity. Why? Because iniquity is what feeds your flesh with desires. Glory to God. Yeah. There are certain desires of the flesh that are not just natural desires of the flesh. There are certain desires of the flesh that come from the iniquity. Are you getting my point? Yeah. And that's why you will find certain patterns in certain families. Huh? You will find certain patterns. Why? Because there is a behavior that leads to that pattern. So that behavior doesn't just descend. That behavior is introduced by a kind of iniquity. Okay. So he's drawn away and enticed. Uh-huh. Then let's read on. Come on. Then when desire has conceived. Hello. Do you understand? This is a biological terminology that is being used here. We're talking about desire now. You're talking about conception. What is that? When he's drawn away by his own desires, 
Then when desire is conceived, huh? once it has conceived, it gives birth. Come on. Can you see? It gives birth to what? To sin. So the mother of sin is iniquity. Or should I say the father of sin is iniquity? Yeah, the father of sin is iniquity. Yeah. The father of sin is iniquity. Yeah. The mother of sin is your heart. Do you understand? That's where the conception takes place. That's where the womb is. Are you getting my point? Yeah, so that's why when you deal with the father of sin, the good thing is that there is a lot Jesus has done that you don't know, and that's why I'm explaining this, so that you can appreciate what has happened. (laughs) He whacked all of them. Amen. So it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives the baby of sin. Is what? Death. So remember when we talked about Lucifer? He was in heaven. Perfect in beauty. Huh? Until iniquity was found in him. That iniquity is what he transferred to Adam and Eve. You see? And I said to you, iniquity starts with self-will. I will. I will. I will. I will. I will. Your will (laughs) must be under the will of God. That's the safest place. If you just follow your will and you don't check God's will, you are not safe. Hello? Okay, so it brings forth death. And yeah, when it's full grown, you know, that's the mature. When sin has matured, then now death appears. And we see that. And I can use different analogies to explain this to you, but for time. So people, what am I saying? Iniquity. The root of iniquity. We need to deal with that. All right? So you need to look and see what is that trend? What is that flow? What is that tendency? What is that thing that you are easily tempted with? Huh? And it's, you see, you notice it in your family. It's like, or you notice it like, we, we, we seem to face this all the time. Then you better not, pay, you better not ignore it. <laughs> Deal with it. That's what your kingship is for. You need to crush that thing. Crush it. Destroy it. Hallelujah. You are not going to be a slave to any of those things. Okay, in closing, let's look at Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews, because she doesn't brew. Glory to God. Look at, uh, okay, for the sake of time. When he's talking about the new covenant, one of the things that he says, verse 12, he says, I will be merciful 
to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. That word lawless is iniquity. So iniquity is that which makes people lawless. It is that thing that makes them crooked. Do you understand? When there is a law and we're to go straight, you just find yourself, that's iniquity. <laughs> so he says he will remember it no more. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And then in, in that he says a new covenant he has made. Uh, he has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. Glory, glory, glory. Look at chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way which he has consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, full of assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure blood. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. Let us consider one another in order to stir up good works and all of that. Hallelujah. So what, what, when you look at, if you look at... Um, When God judged Sodom and Gomorrah, what was it God went to judge? Was their iniquity. Their iniquity was too much. When God went to judge the Amorites, when the Israelites came out, what was it he was judging? Their iniquity. Not necessarily their sin. Their iniquity. Amen? Amen? He told Abraham, your descendants are going to Egypt. They'll be there for 400 years. But the iniquity of the Amorites is not full. They will come back. And when they come back, God says to Joshua, wipe them all out. And people will read the Bible and they say, God is wicked. Why is he killing all those people? You don't know the kind of abominations that have been taking place for over 400 years. Where people will take their children and put the child into the fire. And they were sacrificing children to Molech. Molech is, a, is an idol he, the, made of bronze. They put him out like that. You know? And then they, the back, they'll put fire there. And by the time the fire, it, it heats up, the whole statue is hot. Then they come and place the child on that statue as a sacrifice. And they are doing this for years. And that's one of many and God says, enough. Wipe them all out. Amen. That was why God told Israel to wipe them out. Not because he was wicked. Because their wickedness was full. Their cup of iniquity was full. Whenever the cup of iniquity is full, judgment comes. Amen. Study your Bible. Anywhere the cup of iniquity is full, God judges comes down to judge. When you make mistake, he doesn't judge you. You repent, he forgives you. And all of that. But when it becomes iniquity, he says, let us go down. 
Anytime God says, let's come down, go read your Bible. Anytime he says, let us go down, you will see something. I'm telling you, read your Bible. You've been reading it, right? You need to start again. <laughs> Next year. Hallelujah. Time is gone. Let's stand up on our feet. Come on. My Lord and my God. We're going to pray this week. And I'm staring you up. And I want you to know that I'm telling you every secret of the enemy by the Spirit, God will expose them. Amen. He will cause His light to shine. Every, every trick that the enemy has used to keep you in bondage, we're going to break them. In the name of Jesus. You will not, no longer be a slave. No longer a slave to the enemy. No longer a slave to sin. No longer a slave to sickness and disease. No longer a slave to poverty. All those things Jesus has dealt with. And you need to receive by faith your freedom. Hallelujah. Why don't you appreciate the Lord for the, for, for the finished work of Christ on the cross? Mighty God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Jesus. My Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Every root. Every root of iniquity. Every root of iniquity. In our flesh. We're going to deal with, oh God. By the blood of Jesus. My Lord, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord, Mendele Mesula Baba Baba. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, lift up your hands. Just, just surrender to the Lord. Say, Lord, search me. Search me and see if there's any root of iniquity in my life. Let them be exposed this week. Yeah, show them to me so that I can deal with them. If there's any secret that the enemy is using, every inherited pattern, every inherited crookedness, Every inherited condition, yes, that the enemy is using to resist me, reveal it to me, show it to me, Lord, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Mighty God, mighty God, mighty God, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Now, listen to me. This message is actually preparing you for your next level. Because, you see, you don't want to rise and you, you rise and then you find yourself down again. Back to where you used to be. And that's what happens when we don't deal with the things we are supposed to deal with. But when you rise, you're going to rise and keep rising and keep rising and keep rising and keep rising. You will not come down anymore. Hallelujah. So we're going to, we're, that's why we're dealing with these things. Mighty God. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.